of Amen. We have two great uh, people today. We have a prophet in the Synexarium and more than a prophet in, in the Gospel. The Didache, uh, which is an ancient church order, so called the Teachings of the Twelve Prophets, probably written somewhere in the first century or maybe in the second century. But the Didache, which has the teachings of the apostles, it starts like this. It says there are two ways. One of death and one of life. And the two ways are very different. And the two ways are very different. We see those two ways actually in today's readings. We can maybe pull up the Pauline here. Uh, starting from verse 25. So a little toward the end. He says this. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. As in the manner of some. But exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Not forsaking. The way of death begins with forsaking, with leaving, with forgetting. Forgetting others, like the assembly of others, being with others, helping others. The way of death just forgets that. It forsakes that. It lives for myself and forgets everyone else. The way of death. It continues. For if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of truth, There no longer remains a sacrifice for sin, but certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. For if we sin willfully after receiving the knowledge of the truth. This verse kind of woke me up today when I read it. And I think it's it's probably a wake-up call for, for all of us in a way. If we sin willfully after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice. Of course, the door of repentance is always open, and God is always willing to accept us. But I think this verse is making clear, sinning willfully, that's the way of death. Whoever is sinning willfully is on the wrong road. He's on the road of death, not the road of life. And there's a sense of complacency there. There's a sense of giving up. Like, halos, you know, we'll just sin is sin. There's a sense of complacency, of being lazy. Of just going with the flow. And there's a sense of despair, of giving up, of just not fighting or resisting the sin, just sinning willfully. And it's speaking of one that gives up quickly. One that gives up quickly. In Hebrews 12.4, the same, same epistle, but a couple of chapters later, he said, if you're stru- In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. It's pointing out someone on the road of death. They're not resisting to the point of bloodshed. They're not actually resisting the sin. They're, they kind of give up. They're sinning willfully. They're on the road of death. And that's the road of death. Forsaking, forgetting, living for myself, not persisting, not resisting, just kind of giving up. Going like a dead fish with, with the current. But then there's the way of life, and it's very different. It's very different. In the same uh, epistle, maybe if we can go a little bit toward the front, uh, starting from verse 19. It says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new way and living way, by a new and living way, 
which he consecrated for us through the veil that is in his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. There's a few things here. Full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. You see this here, without wavering, not giving up. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. A few things here are very clear about the way of life. Uh, from From the beginning, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. There's a sense of boldness. We're not giving up. I'm supposed to enter. I'm supposed to be here. Not because I'm good, because he's good. By the blood of Jesus. By his blood. There's a sense of of resilience, a persistence, not giving up, not sinning willfully. Of course we all stumble and fall, but it's not a willful, you know, just giving up, going with the flow kind of thing. And then he says, by a new and living way, there has to be something new. There has to be something changed. We see this actually in the message of John the Baptist himself, St. John the Baptist, when he calls people to repentance in baptism. And we see this actually in the Acts today as well in the address of Peter, where he also calls people to repent and be baptized. A new and living way. Something has to change. Actually, the word for repentance, metania, is like a change of heart. Meta and noia, from nous, like a heart or mind. The change of mind, the change of heart. Something has to change. A new and living way. And then he goes on to draw near with a true heart. There's a sense of growth in the way of life. There's a sense of advancing. To draw near. To draw near to God. Um, Philo of Alexandria, actually, a Jewish philosopher in the first century, he says something really cool. He says, uh, when someone draws near to God, he has an affinity with God. He looks like God. He becomes like God. He acts like God. When you come close to God, that's Philo of Alexandria. He's a philosopher, obviously, but... It's an interesting notion, and I think there is some truth to that. Drawing to God, always He's the goal, and we're always approaching Him. Trying to to act like Him, and learn from Him, and look like Him, and reflect Him. And then He says, full assurance of faith, without wavering. Again, a sense of resilience, without wavering. Fighting until bloodshed. Fighting until bloodshed. Not giving up. There's an interesting notion in Revelation Christ is always crowning the victorious. To be victorious, you have to win something. right? You have to win to be victorious. And in order to win, there has to be a fight. Every temptation that faces us is a chance to win. It's a chance to gain a crown. God is telling us, I know you're going to be victorious. I will help you. But there has to be a fight. Every tribulation that faces us is a chance to gain a crown. We have to keep fighting. We have to be resistant. Not sinning willfully, not giving up, not uh, succumbing uh, to tribulations or temptations. And then finally, he said, consider one another. Again, the way of life is not about me. The way of life does not forget the other. The way of life considers the people around us. Consider one another in order to still up love and good works. Love and good works. In order to see love, we go to the Catholic epistle. Maybe if we can go to the Catholic um, From 1 John 4, starting from the first verse, he says this, Beloved, 
If God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And then he continues, No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us. And His love has perfected in us. The way of love. The way of life is the way of love. A few verses later, he talks about this phrase, perfected in us. Which we saw in verse 12. He says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness. Again, boldness. Like, just like, it's beautiful. Everything kind of ties together in the Bible. Uh, that we may have boldness in the, way of, in the day of judgment. Because as He is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. To be perfected in love is to have boldness. To have this resilience. I am supposed to enter. Christ said, do not fear little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to, uh, to give you the kingdom. I am supposed to enter. You are supposed to enter. And we will do whatever it takes to make sure that happens. There's a sense of resilience, a sense of fighting, a sense of holding on to God's promise and saying no. You promise and I will do whatever it takes to keep holding on. There's a part, of course, we have to do, which is the next part, good works. St. Paul says love and good works. Um, and for that, let's go to the gospel, starting with, uh, with verse 24. St. John's message was very sim- simple, St. John the Baptist. His message was very simple. Repent and be baptized. Produce fruit that are fit for repentance. Produce works that reflect that your life has changed, that your mind has changed, that your heart has changed, that there is repentance. And we see this in St. John's life as well. In verse 24, there's something that's really cool there. It's a very short verse. It says, For John had not yet been thrown in prison. It talks about that part. And in here we see something. We see St. John's persistence, his unwavering. He was willing to fight for the truth even if it meant being thrown in prison. He's not going to give up. He's not going to sin willfully. He's not going to go uh, in despair. He's not going to go with the flow. He's going to do what is right. Because he loves God. His message is love. He knows God. And there's a certain assurance. He knows that God is with him. Even in prison, even in the darkest time, God is with him. And there's, of course, a sense of persistence. In the psalm for today, he says this. He says, we went through fire and through water. But you brought us out to rich fulfillment. We went through fire. Again, God crowns the victorious. To be victorious, there's going to be a fight. We are going to go through fire, but don't worry. God is uh, promising us rich fulfillment. In verse 29, though, we see something about John uh, that's incredible. Says this, He who has the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom, he's referring to himself, he's saying himself is the bridegroom, Christ is the, uh, himself is the friend of the bridegroom, and Christ is the bridegroom. Uh, and so he's saying, he who has the bride is the bridegroom, referring to Christ, but the friend of the bridegroom, referring to himself, who stand and bear and hears him, rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore this joy is mine, is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. And we see really quickly something that is incredibly magnificent about St. John the, the Baptist. Is that he's pointing everyone to God. He must increase. He's bringing people to God. St. John the, the Baptist, 
was called the greatest among the, those born of women by Christ. He said, he is more than a prophet. There's not been a greater prophet than St. John the Baptist. In that list, there's some impressive names. Like Elijah, who raised the dead and went to heaven in, in, a, in a fiery chariot, saying St. John is greater. There's Elisha, who's, who raised the dead in his life, and actually after his death, his bones raised the dead. He's saying, St. John is greater. There's Moses, who gave the law, spoke with God like one speaks to a friend. He's saying, St. John is greater. Now we look at the Bible and we, we wonder, okay, well, what miracles has St. John did? How many miracles are mentioned in the Bible? Zero. How many books has he written? Zero. How many laws has he delivered? Zero. How many dead has he raised? Zero. How many demons has he cast out? None of that is mentioned here. The Bible is not focusing on that. Not saying that he didn't do these things, who knows. But the Bible is not focusing on that. He's not the greatest among women because of what he did or what he wrote. Or He's the greatest among women because he pointed to Christ. The affinity that we saw. He's greater among women because he pointed to Christ. There's a quick story where someone came to St. Pachomius and said, uh, Tell us, Father, what we shall do to obtain the power to do miracles. And he says this, If you want to walk the true spiritual path, do not seek this power, because it is accompanied by pride. By pride. Seek instead the power that enables you to perform spiritual miracles. When you lead someone to Christ, you have raised the dead. When you restore a heretic to the true faith, you have opened the eyes of the blind. When you transform the covetous to a generous, you heal the withered hand. When you transform the slothful to a zealous, you have healed the paralytic. When you transform the angry to a serene, you have performed exorcism. What else would one want beyond these miracles? Then John was the greatest because he pointed to Christ more than anybody else. Of course, all the prophets pointed to Christ. But St. John pointed more than anyone else. Both spiritually and physically. He actually said, hey, there he is. Behold the Lamb of God who carries the sin of the world. And his disciples left and went after him. I think our biggest failure as servants, and I'm including myself in this, our biggest failure as servants is that we don't, we don't point to Christ enough. People don't see Christ in our service sometimes. People only see us. And they might see us as good servants. But it's not pointing to Christ. People are not leaving us and attaching to Christ like St. John's disciple. A lot of times in our service, and even though it might be very fruitful, we're not reaching that next level. Where we're saying, behold, there's the Lamb of God. When we're taking to people to Christ and reflecting His image in service and in people. Bringing people to Christ like St. Pachomius said. That's the way of life. The way of St. John. The way of life and the way of death are very different. Friends, they're very different. I know sometimes we think we can weave them. Like, you know, oh, there's confession, whatever. Sin willfully, but repentance, confession. Those that go this way are playing a dangerous game. Playing a dangerous game with the most powerful being in the universe. In the Paul and Epistle, toward the end, it says, It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. The way of death and the way of life are very different. The way of death and the way of life end in very different places. The way of life and the way of death have very different goals. The way of death is all about me, my satisfaction. I increase. The way of, of life is about God. 
He must increase and I decrease. Let us learn to serve like St. John the Baptist served. Let us learn to live like St. John the Baptist lived. Living for God. May we always point to Christ and say, He must increase and I decrease. And glory be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Yeah, so.